Skull, the podcast. You're on spin. You are very welcome to Spin Air Skull, episode 14, week 14, and we can hardly believe it. There is almost light. In fact, there definitely is light at the end of the tunnel at this point. Accredited grades and assessments are behind, leaving cert students. All of that has finished as of May 14th. And now students are setting their sights on their written exams, which take place in just a little under a month's time. So despite all of the madness, we have made it this far and it has been an epic journey. A little later on the show, we will catch up with our Leaving Cert students and chat all about those accredited grades and what the assessment process was like. But kicking off the show, I am delighted to be joined with Career Guidance teacher Neve Dwyer. She is going to chat a little bit about the CAO process, studying abroad and also options that students have if they decide that maybe the course they choose in September isn't for them. Neve, you are most welcome to Spinner Skull. Thank you, Louise. Lovely to be joining you. It's brilliant to have you on, Neve. I'd imagine that this time of the year is, it is the busy season for a career guidance teacher. You're probably busier than ever with students who feel they want to make last minute changes or maybe they don't know what they're doing at all. Yeah, it, it certainly is, Louise. It seems to be busy all year, but there certainly are peaks. Um, and at the moment, just because the assessments are over, students are putting those to one side and they're kind of now looking back again and going, okay, I need to look and see where I'm going. Take a look at the CEO form. I suppose in a lot of cases, Louise, people rush their applications in February just to get them in, knowing that they can come back and review them again. So, um, you know, students are certainly, it's very, very busy. There's lots of people looking for appointments, obviously, at this point to try and nail down, you know, their best choices. And they're under that little bit of extra pressure this year, I feel, simply because I suppose they're trying to second guess the points with um, accredited grades and the mixture of exams. But also we did get figures from CEO recently showing an increase up to 84,000 applicants now. So certainly the last week I found my own students getting quite stressed about that and really kind of looking at trying to get a plan A, B and C in place and making sure they have the best chance of getting offers when it comes to the offer stages in August. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm glad that you um, that you brought that up, actually, that idea of there being a spike, a surge, an increase in CAO points, because I think, I mean, we've covered it quite a lot on this show, but I think at this point, lots of students who are opting to go down the accredited grade routes, they know what they're intending or hoping to get. But the problem now is that will their course have skyrocketed? So do you think that that's going to be the case for a lot of courses? Well, I suppose there is a chance of a rise in points. They certainly went up in a lot of courses, but not all courses last year. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it certainly is a possibility. But I suppose it's really important to say to, to students that are listening that there are extra college places that went in there last year, 2,225 uh, 2, of them. There's an extra 3,000 that have been promised or identified among the colleges, you know, that they can provide this year. But I know that Simon Harris does have a working group that, that are currently working at the situation to see where they can provide more places in the colleges. And I know it's pressure for the colleges too. So we will certainly see, yeah, possible, possibly we'll see some of it, but I suppose we go back to the rule of thumb all the time, Louise, with students. I always say to them, there's only certain things that they can control. So they can control the choices they put down themselves. They can control how they're doing in the exams and how they're performing. Um, and they can also look at kind of, I suppose, looking at all the options, making sure they keep plenty plans in place for themselves what they can't control are the points so we have to make sure that they are keeping those plans open um, and and at the same time know that they have you know guarantees of of places that they're going to get um when the when the offers come out and that they look at alternatives outside of ceo because there's plenty of those as well 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it probably is more important than ever to fill out your CAO form and allow yourself those options. So, you know, not just filling out one, two, three, actually filling out the form extensively so that you cover all bases. Completely, Louise. I had students last year that got their 10th choice and they were delighted to get it. And I suppose, you know, traditionally students are very, very good at looking at their first, maybe one, two, three, four, five. And then they're inclined to maybe put something in just to fill up the space. So we would say to students all the time, be very careful that you would be happy to do any one of those courses that's on that CEO form. And I suppose the golden, golden, golden rule all the time, putting the courses down in order of preference not in the order of the points. So that's what we're doing on a daily basis with our students at the moment is just looking at the order of their courses and making sure that they are following that golden rule about order of preference. The other thing, Louise, is important to point out is there's 20 choices. So 20 choices means 20 chances of getting a course. So, you know, by filling up the 20, you give yourself a great chance. It, there can be sometimes a tendency to just look at level eight or, you know, and maybe not fill up level seven and six. And that's really, really important for students to do, because in most cases, there's a progression route from level six and level seven onto level eight anyway. And after the points for level seven course and level six are a little bit lower. So it would be ideal for students to be actually getting two offers, which they will get if they qualify and they have filled up courses on both sides. Yeah, that's a really valid point. And I think it's so important that, as you mentioned this year more than ever, to have that backup plan. And even, you know, it might be something they're offered and they never use, but they still have it there just in case. And I think that's something that is important to note as well, the idea of a backup plan. I know that um, traditionally students would have the option of going to open days, exploring campuses um, Obviously, this year, that hasn't been the option. And it also hasn't been an option for students who wish to study abroad. So the likes of the UCAS forms to study in the UK. Also, for a lot of medical sciences and veterinary, I know that students apply to study in Europe. So what is the story with studying abroad and obviously COVID restrictions and the CAO? Is it still a possibility? It actually is. There's still, I mean, there are some deadlines have passed, certainly, but there are still um, some options for study abroad. There are still some deadlines open. Um, so my advice to students would be to look, I suppose, the two best websites for studying in Europe would be Unicast. And we would have an increasing number of students now applying to, to attend college in Europe, particularly the Netherlands. A lot of Irish students going to the Netherlands. Um, so I would look up Unicast because there are still some of their deadlines open at this stage. So certainly look those ones up. Medical Poland is another very good website for students. And both of those organizations run um, webinars and online events, information sessions. I suppose that's the benefit of the online. We, we don't get to go in person to the colleges, but we actually have all the virtual events, which makes it very useful. So, so that's been fantastic. So I would definitely urge students to do that. that. The other thing is UCAS. So for applying to the UK, while their um, applications are closed at this stage, they do have a clearing system that opens the 5th of July. So it's a bit like our vacant places in CAO. So where there are colleges where places have not filled, it is open and you can apply for vacant places after the 5th of July if you don't have an offer already from UCAS. So there's a couple of different options there open to students as well that they can consider um, outside of Ireland. In relation to the travel and that, I mean, we still had students that, that studied abroad this year. And I suppose they were subject, obviously, to the same kind of restrictions that we were here, um, you know, at different stages. 
but hopefully with the rollout of the vaccinations you know across Europe that's going to improve flexibility the most difficult thing I found actually for Louise for students was that they couldn't come home you know so when they went you know you couldn't nip home for a weekend that was that was something that was a little bit more awkward this year um, but usually students who take the option to study abroad are very determined to do so and they have that sense of travel and adventure and they're happy to go and kind of make it work you know I also want to ask, Niamh, for students who maybe are a little unsure about the course that they have written down as number one on their CAO, maybe they get the marks, they get the points, they secure the college place, but then they find themselves in a situation, you know, a month or two into the course that they really dislike the subject or they dislike the course, but they're already committed to that university. They might have paid for a student accommodation, moved county. Are there options within universities and third level institutions for students to move within the university once they've started a course, but maybe don't like it? Yeah, Louise, I suppose the, the first thing I would say is that that, that happens regularly. And um, there's a lot of students, I, I got a lot of phone calls this year actually from students in October. And I think it was actually doubly hard this year because people were studying online. So the settling in was much more difficult and they were struggling with subjects. A lot of people, you know, finding subjects difficult and ordinarily they'd be having a chat with their college lecturers maybe, or with each other saying, you know, I'm finding this difficult. And it was just really hard for them. In relation to say changing courses within the university, most of the colleges, the ITs and the universities run and um, support, um, I suppose, mentoring and transitioning programs for first year college students. So my first protocol always for students would be go to the student services, find out what the supports are there and find out who's best to talk to. Generally, if it's looking to try and change course, then it's the admissions um, office of the college that you need to contact. But what I would say, Louise, is that they're really dealt with on a case by case basis. So for students who do want to change courses, they will still need to have had the points for the course. They'll need to have had the entry requirements and it will very much be down to what the modules are that are similar. So, for example, if you were swapping from a course like accounting into a general business course, then the modules may be very similar and that might be an easy transition if the spaces are there. So it really is a case by case. It's not a given at all. It's a case by case basis. But my advice always to students is do what they would do in school. Ask the people you know that are there to, to help out. Admissions, student services would be the main ones. And if they're having a wobble, because sometimes it can be a wobble, Louise, and, and not really that they want to pull out completely. So if they're having a wobble, I would always say contact the lecturer, you know, or the tutor um, and see what kind of supports are there maybe to try and settle them a little bit better into the course, because it can often be people jump ship maybe too quick. And if they had, you know, if they stick it out to the end of first year, they find that when they get into second year, they're quite happy. We have this idea, I think, in Ireland and a tradition that if you don't fill out the CAO form and go to college, you're doing something wrong, which I believe needs to be reformed. But I guess Look, it's what the majority do. They do continue into third level education. But for the student listening in this morning that feels a little bit unsure and maybe doesn't know where they want to be after the Leaving Cert or what they want to study, what career path they would like to go down. What advice do you have for that student? Do you think it's valuable either way to fill in the CAO? I think keeping the options open is is the right idea. So I know a lot of my own students would have been kind of wondering and saying, I'm not so sure whether I will or not. So they would just still have registered for CEO, knowing that they could come back and we look at it. Um, there, I suppose there's lots of options outside of CEO as well. Um, the colleges of further education are fantastic. So for some, for a student that really does not know what they want, it is a super idea to spend one year 
dipping your toe into a particular area to see if you'd like it. So even your own area, Louise, of media, if you think of a student that might be interested in media, not really sure if it's what they'd like, then why not do a post-leaving cert course in a college of further education um, and, and try it out and see, see what, you, what you think of it, dip your toe in. And then the wonderful thing is that if you haven't gotten the points in your leaving search, you can use the points from QQI or your FETAC points as they call them, and you can progress on to through CEO the following year because there are a huge number of places kept on CEO courses just for applicants coming out of those post-leaving cert courses. So they're brilliant. They give you a chance to kind of gather yourself, see if you'd like something. Do you know what's another great one is for computers, Louise? A lot of people interested in computers because they know there's jobs in it, but they have no experience of it. So why not try a, a program, a one-year program in software development, see how you get on, and then progress onwards if, if that's what you wish, or you can also go directly into the workplace. The other thing is we have an extensive um, so, or, um, selection of apprenticeships now, and it's ever-growing. You know, we, we have always think of apprenticeships in terms of the craft, apprenticeships, electrician, carpentry, etc. There's so many new ones out there now. There's something for everyone. Just a fantastic range. So we have things like logistics, uh, retail sales, um, things like um, insurance, technology. So it's expanding all the time. So I'd really encourage students to have a look at that because it's a lot of skills-based learning. And I suppose one thing that struck me when I was thinking about um, adv advice for students, you know, when they're trying to decide about courses they should do, whether it's CEO or otherwise, you know, they think about interest, they think about personality, subjects they're good at, etc. But sometimes they don't think about how they learn, Louise. And, you know, if you're the type of person that's very academic and you love the books, then there are certain courses that are going to suit you. But if you're the type of person that likes to be in front of the camera or that likes to, you know, be working in, in team-based things, leading things, you know, actually selling things to people, etc., then that type of learning style is reflected in courses. So it's about looking at the devils in the detail. That's what I keep telling my own crew. The devils in the detail, look at the modules, not just for what they are, but actually how they're taught. Because the wonderful thing about third level is that it's assessed quite differently to second level, depending on what you're um, studying. So I would really encourage students to think about the type of learner they are, because not everybody flourishes in leaving cert, it can happen after the leaving cert when they go on and they find what they're really interested in doing. So the apprenticeships is great and the traineeships is another great option. So lots and lots of options for them, you know, plenty choices. So keeping keeping a few options open is a good idea, Louise, for them really. And that keeps everything open until August and September when they have to make decisions. It's been absolutely wonderful to chat with you, Neil. Thank you so much. I know that uh, people can follow you for advice on mycareerplan.ie. Absolutely, I'd be delighted. Yeah. Well, coming up shortly on the show, we will chat to our Leaving Cert students. Joining us from Limerick City, we have Aoife Nirian. She is a Leaving Cert student in Laurel Hill, Colosta. And covering Dublin is Mr. David Wright. I know that he is very, very happy that his accredited grades are behind him. And he will fill us in on life in Lucan Community School. It's all on the way right after these. Spin Air School, the podcast. You're on Spin.